Radio MD. RadioMD.com. Hear it from the doctor with expert guests from the American Academy of Pediatrics. It's Healthy Children. Now, our favorite mom, Melanie Cole, MS. Welcome to Healthy Children, where all of our expert guests are provided by the American Academy of Pediatrics. I'm Melanie Cole, and this is such a good topic. And as someone with an 18-year-old daughter, we want to encourage our teens to feel good about themselves because positive body image helps develop that healthy sense of self. And we know that. And as parents, especially of daughters, we know that it can be a difficult situation. It's a fine balancing line, especially if you're taking your daughter clothes shopping and for guys too. So we're going to talk about kind of it all. And we have a great expert today. It's Dr. Ellen Rome. She currently serves as the head of the Center for Adolescent Medicine at Cleveland Clinic's Children's Hospital. She's board certified pediatrician who was also among the first in the United States to be board certified in adolescent medicine. Dr. Rome, it's a pleasure to have you join us today. Adolescent medicine, what a burgeoning field that has become. So I thank you as somebody who is not only so interested in this, but who has interviewed hundreds of adolescent medicine specialists. What an important aspect of teenage lives and teenage brains we've learned about. So our topic today, we're talking about this body image. Back to school clothes shopping. What can you tell us about what you've learned over the years about how the industry itself, the clothing industry and the modeling industry and makeup and all of these things have affected and impacted our kids over the years? Thank you so much for calling out adolescent medicine and for partnering to make the world a better place for our teens now and in the future. Part of what can sabotage kids' health and emotional well-being and physical well-being is eating disorders. And and eating disorders can be induced or augmented or amplified by time spent on social media comparing. And we know that back to school, kids are bombarded with what they should look like, what they should shop for, what their best friend's cutest outfit on Instagram was, et cetera, et cetera. We know that when kids compare themselves to what they see online in anticipation of school, it can impact their well-being and self-esteem negatively. At one point, we've looked at high school and college kids both, and two-thirds of high school students have struggled with body image. And when we look at college athletes, for instance, two-thirds of college athletes have struggled with disordered eating. This is prevalent, and we can do something about it by how we engage with social media and encourage uh, or discourage our kids from doing so. I'm so glad you brought up social media because that has a big part that didn't used to be when I was a kid. Of course, we looked in those mirrors at the stores and maybe it impacted us. But now social media has really completely blown this all up, right? It's made it such a bigger deal because now people show pictures of themselves and the selfies and all of this. And as someone whose son is a gymnast and in sports medicine, I know exactly what you're talking about. So what's a parent to do, Dr. Rome? How do we spot the signs? 
What do we look for as far as red flags in our children that they might have an unhealthy body image and we want to help them through that because school's going to start and clothes are going to be bought? Help us with this. So we want to ourselves not engage in weighty talk. Do I look fat in this? Oh my gosh, I just gained five pounds looking at that beautiful appetizer. We want to make sure our own language isn't weighty speak. We have to be careful about the language we use around our kids and make sure that we're not encouraging eating disorder behaviors by just the weighty language we engage with kids. It turns out that when we talk about dieting and uh, which diet we see as a four-letter word, and we engage in the comparisons of our kids and for ourselves, that has impact. That when people restrict their body, and especially when they over-restrict their intake, then their body's like, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to store. I'm going to have to save up food for uh, after this famine. And that doesn't help. So that the diet industry has promoted a lot of unintentional for our patients weight gain in this yo-yo cycle. The other piece of it is as parents, we can check our kids' social media usage. We can put on limits. We can say, all right, the phone gets plugged in in the kitchen and we'll get you a regular alarm clock so that the screen's not disrupting your sleep because we know when kids don't get enough sleep, that's another trigger for distorted, you know, for overeating and then distorted body image as well as extra weight gain when it's not welcome. So there's, you know, parents can check their kids' media usage and limit it. And kids can discuss with parents, you know, what, what are their fears? Like at dinner table conversation, it's fair game to say, um, what are you excited about, about school? What are things that are daunting? How can we partner to make this a really enjoyable process for you? So that's really great advice. And when I told my daughter I was doing this episode today, she asked me to ask you a question about social standards with clothes. And as we said already, social media has amplified all of this that we're discussing today. But fitting in new trends they may not feel comfortable with. You know, if girls are wearing crop tops and, a, and maybe a girl doesn't have that little tiny waist, but the social standards and peer pressure come into play as well, don't they? Yes, and uh, parents can talk frankly about what they believe in. But again, when you're parenting, listen first, talk second. So it's really where the instead of don't just don't just stand some stand there do something really should be a flipped on its head. Don't just do something, stand there, and actively listen and hear how your kid is doing. And again, it can be a simple conversation such as, boy, there's a lot of, of styles and clothing out there that can have an impact on how kids see themselves. What are your thoughts on this? And engage the kid in dialogue. And if you see something that's particularly, you believe, ex exploitative, it's fair game to say, what do you think the messages are with that? What do you think the explicit and the implicit messages are? What do you feel about belly shirts or cleavage, you know, pro or con. And what do you think works for you? And with, with kids and clothes, you have to pick your battles. And so is it worth having a fuss about what they're going to wear or 
is it more important to say, I want you feeling like 300%, no matter what you're wearing, no matter what you're doing, no matter what you're saying. I want you to feel like you are strong and awesome and wonderful and talented. Let's, let's clothe you for that message. What does that look like? Wow, I love the way that you put that. And as, as you said earlier, as parents, we have to be so careful. And, and we can't talk about weight. As an exercise physiologist, I learned that a long time ago, that I myself am not going to look in the mirror in front of my daughter. I may negative self-talk to myself and say, oh, God, what happened to you? But I won't do that in front of my daughter. We have to be so careful, right? It's all about the words. So if they're trying something on, as mothers in particular, we have to really shut our mouths and not say, well, that doesn't look that, that doesn't look great on you or it's a little too small for you. How do we do that? Can you for a minute speak to the parents? Because we're the ones that need to help our children, but it comes down to the words we use. Can you help us a little? Sure. It's a great question. I would start with, you are gorgeous. Or, or handsome or, you know, wonderful and awesome. And your clothes should be a statement about how awesome you are. You know, are, are, do you like to be awesome with understatement? Do you like to be awesome and flashy? And remember, you're supposed to be gaining some bone this year and some muscle. And so what fits now ought to have some growing room. And so we're not going to want to buy something that we have to change when you gain shoulder distance or hip bone or other things. And if they, if the kid acts confused, you can say, think about 12th graders versus ninth graders. They have different bodies. That's because physiology and nature work. And you're supposed to have uh, more muscle and more bone by the time you're in 12th grade to be able to outrun the saber-toothed tiger and migrate across the plains to safety. And so for you, we're going to want to buy something that we don't have to replace in two months. Well, that's certainly true. We all know about that. And now on to our children, and we don't have a lot of time, but to change that negative self-talk, and I mentioned it just briefly because we women have been, you know, really known to do that to ourselves and when we're under stress. But as the caregivers to these children, we want to help them not to do that negative self-talk and to look at themselves as a whole person and not just focus on those clothes that they don't like on their body or the clothes that somebody else looks better in. How can we help our kids with that negative self-talk and the positive body image? That's a great question. Negative self-talk and negative body image are so prevalent and we see eating disorders as a not very particularly healthy coping strategy. And Lord knows our kids have had to cope with a lot during this pandemic and after. And we've seen crises of mental health and depression, anxiety, eating disorders just exponentially increase. And so it's fair game with your kid to say, boy, this has been an, a challenging year and you've shown strength just in surviving it. We want you to be heading off to school and in a position of, of strength and readiness to learn and grow and be. What do you see as your biggest strengths? What are some of your Achilles heels? How are we going to help play to those strengths? And for parents, I use a simple example of grades. If you've got a kid who's getting two A's, two B's, and two C's, and you focus on the C's, all right, let's bring those up to B's and let's bring those B's to A's. 
Sure enough, the C may go up to B, but the A is going to fall down. Instead, if we talk about those strengths and, and catch them doing something right and say, wow, those two A's, what was going right there? Let's, um, how'd you do that? Do more of that this year and catch them doing something right and build on it. And when you need to criticize, figure out how to do it as a sandwich. So get at least six positives, get that negative in there and maybe a couple of more positives so that you're playing to their strengths while you're doing a constructive criticism so that the uh, criticism can be heard in context of all of the strengths. And uh, we know that what goes on on the inside of the kid, the parent only gets a small glimpse of here and there. Um, as, as well as we think we may know our kids, we're not going to be able to have the whole story. Uh, and so you're looking for all of those clues. Does she or he have their sparkle still? If not, that can be a glimpse of a problem. When's the last time um, you can ask them, what brings you joy? And if they can't remember joy, boy, that may be uh, something that's worth tackling to figure out how do you find the happiness moments? How do you find the silver linings when the going is really tough? And we have a lot of kids where it's been really tough. We can make sure that we remember that medical consequences of eating disorders can be invisible or unrecognized, even by your pediatrician or, or other healthcare members, so that if a parent is worried about it, get it to, to their pediatrician's attention and get the kid help even if they feel like uh, their worry has been dismissed. And an eating disorder can happen without obvious physical signs or symptoms. So engagement at the dinner table, making sure they're getting up in time for breakfast uh, and getting in a lunch, getting in a dinner. You wanna make sure that their sleep schedule's organized, that they're getting enough. And teens usually need nine, nine and a half hours for almost, for most teens. And so getting them on a schedule now or as school approaches, that will jive with what, with what their school schedule will be becomes important. And then attending to all of the areas of, of wellness, you know, how, how stressed are you? What do you do when you're stressed? How are you doing mood-wise? Have you ever been sad enough that you wish you didn't exist? And if you get a yes to any of these, that's a red flag that you need to pursue more help. That's not something that was, is just going to go away on its own for many, many kids. Wow. That was some amazing advice. And I'm going to take some of it and discuss it with my daughter tonight. And just as we wrap up, I'd like you to give us some final thoughts of just as we go shopping and enjoying this time, some hopeful, as you said, there's a mental health crisis epidemic that we've seen in our children of all types of disorders. So give us some encouraging words and hopeful thoughts to end this episode for parents to make sure that our kids do have that good, healthy self-esteem as they go off to high school or middle school or even to college. Make sure to comment on the positive. I love it when you. It's awesome when I see you help your grandma or call her or you know have a Zoom with her. I love how you engage in the community doing blah, blah, blah. And if you have a kid who's not doing any of those things, figure out where are their interests and help them nurture those. So if you have a kid who likes to tinker in the garage, maybe help them sign up this fall for a Habitat for Humanity project or, or in the summer. If you have a kid who loves 
playing with pets, then maybe that job at um, Rescue Village or the local animal shelter. Figure out how to cultivate their passions and encourage the good in them to be able to surface and shine. Catch them doing something right and say, hey, do more of that. And above all, tell them they're awesome. Tell them that you want them feeling awesome about themselves and their bodies, whether they're 50 pounds more or 10 pounds less. You want them loving their bodies and appreciating their bodies for everything that they can do. What a lovely message, Dr. Rome. What a great guest you are. And again, thank you for starting this whole field or being involved in this whole field of adolescent medicine. It's just so important. And thank you again for joining us with this great advice. Parents, really play this show with your teens and share it with your friends and family on your social channels because we're learning from the experts at the American Academy of Pediatrics together and they are the gold standard. They're helping us to raise our children and there's nothing more important than that is keeping our children safe and healthy and happy and that's what AAP does. So share this show because we love our pediatricians. Share it far and wide. I'm Melanie Cole for Radio MD, the American Academy of Pediatrics. And you can listen to these shows, Spotify, iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, everywhere podcasts are played. But we want you to listen at RadioMD.com. Stay well.